this one's always the
reminder that God's promises are true. The second candle is called peace, and it is a reminder that God's gentle, loving peace is a gift to us. The third candle is called joy, because it reminds us of God's abiding presence in our lives. Come, all is ready. Let the light of these candles called hope, peace, and joy bring brightness to your spirits.
So a few weeks ago, our church staff was discussing some ideas that could make the Advent season special. We decided the Sunday of joy, we ought to have an ugly sweater there. <laughs> and then we had further discussion that, well, you know, that might offend some people. Maybe we should call it festive sweater day. So now, I didn't have a Christmas sweater, so I went out to Meyer yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> And it was the only sweater they had. <laughs> Does that surprise you? So for me, it's ugly sweater day. It can be festive sweater day for you. It's ugly sweater day. Well, our scripture is the one that inspired this series, John 15, 11, when Jesus said, I have said these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In our series, we're, we're highlighting the themes of Advent. We talk about peace and hope, joy, and next Sunday, love. But we wanted to bring a nice twist to this. And this scripture inspired it because that word complete that comes at the end of this verse is a Greek word called pleural. And that has a very special meaning. Sometimes it's used to describe salvation. Sometimes it's used to describe the life that God intends for us. And the best image I can use is that of a sailboat whose sail is fully expanded from the wind that's driving that boat to the destination that you want to head. Fully expanded. So it means to fulfill or complete. So this, this month we're asking, what does it look like to have complete peace and hope and joy and love? The first week we talked about complete peace. And remember Jesus' words that were shared, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Last week we talked about what a complete hope looks like. That we got to make sure that we understand that, that God's will and God's dreams for us are interwoven into the greater purposes of the rest of creation and other people. Which means we don't always get what we want because of God's bigger picture that God has to keep in mind. And this week we're going to talk about what does complete joy look like. So did anyone notice that it seemed this year Christmas decorations got put out a little sooner than usual? Yeah, it certainly did in our neighborhood. And uh, it almost seemed like there was like this pent up need to celebrate. The pandemic has just shut us down so much we're ready to break out of it and celebrate. I've heard economists predicting that we will experience all-time highs in consumer spending this Christmas season, even though the economy is not fully recovering. I guess we'll have to see if that comes true or not. I came across a few statistics about our Christmas celebrating. I won't go through them all, but uh, the interesting was that uh, Thumbtack found that what we saw is actually was predicted that 41% plan to get their decorations out early. Uh, globally, it says that when it comes to Christmas spending, 46% of millennials, 43% of Gen X, and 33% of baby boomers are willing to go into debt for their holiday spending. And then the last one I thought was pretty good. $15.2 billion is going to be estimated will be spent on unwanted presents. <laughs> well, that makes you think that. <laughs> 15.2 billion. Wow. Well, this week I was in a meeting with 
some community leaders, and we were talking about that all the funny holiday practices. You know, everybody seems to have some unique thing to do for Christmas, different from everybody else. We got talking about those, and somebody brought up that commercial where they make the snowball and they decide to preserve the snowman, and they put the snowman in the freezer, and then they preserve it, and I guess they bring it out like the next winter season, and they get it all set up again, so so happy they were able to preserve the snowball, and right along that time, a neighbor kid comes busting through that snowman on his bicycle, and away he goes. And so, that got someone to mention that they've had this practice where they have snowballs they kept from major snowstorms from their life, and they put them in the freezer. What's most interesting is this family moved from the northeast of the United States, so they literally, when they moved to Indiana, got some dry ice and put it in the freezer to make sure that these snowballs made the trip. That one on the lower right is from 2005. He warned me that they've kind of they're not quite what they used to be. <laughs> and we asked him, so why did you do this? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders like, well, it's, I guess, the way we preserve some of the nostalgia of winter in the Christmas season. Now, I'm not sure what to make of these statistics or somebody that puts snowballs in the freezer. But it makes me wonder if sometimes we all try to manufacture some Christmas joy. And I know that I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I don't know if you're like me, but I've really reached a point in my life, I don't really care what people get me. For me, it's all about finding the perfect gift for everybody else. That's where I find my joy. I just love hearing my children or my grandchildren say, well, thank you, Dad. You realize that I got them exactly what they needed, even if it was on a list anyway. It's still fun to get to. I... Noah I've already gotten a little carried away <clears throat> with granddaughter Nella, who's two years old. I was doing some online shopping, and I started coming across all these little types things that they used to have when I raised my kids. And now they're all new and improved, you know? So I've got so many of those little types things that I'm pretty sure they will not be able to fit them in their car on the way back home to Nashville, Tennessee. I just may have to make a special trip myself to get them. So I'm probably one of the worst at trying to create Christmas joy. And I do have a lot of fun with it. But deep down I know that's not what Christmas complete joy is all about. I mean, all the gift giving just gives us a good reason to think intentionally about others, isn't it? And it's also a great reason just to get everybody together. And I know those are the bigger reasons that we do all that. But you know, really the idea of giving gifts it's a reminder of us that what's inspired that is that God has given us the greatest gift in his child, Jesus. And it reminds us of the wise men who brought those gifts to that Christ child on that first Christmas. So there is a spiritual purpose, even though we've kind of gotten carried away and taken that far beyond its intended purpose. So how can we appreciate this gift of the Christ child? If we're going to do so, I think we need to go back to what was it like in Jesus' day? What were they looking for? Why were they anticipating this Messiah? And what's interesting is there's like a 400-year period between the Testaments, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're literally 
was no scripture recorded, at least on the time period, that's preserved today. And in the time of Jesus' day, there literally were some people that felt that God had stopped speaking to the Jewish people. There have been no major prophecies. Now, what happened in those 400 years? First, the Greeks came and conquered the area of Palestine where Israel is. And then the Seleucids came along, and they conquered them again. And they abominated the temple. We actually have some references that seem to suggest that is within the scripture. And then the Maccabees came along, a Jewish a political group that won their independence. And I think for about it was 40 to 100 years, somewhere there, they were independent. And then the Romans came along in 63 BCE and reconquered them once again. So many of the Jews adapted, and they adopted these Greek and Roman ways. It was just easier to get along than trying to remain an independent. But then there was those faithful Jews who were so offended by the polytheism, the belief in many gods, and it so offended them in, the one, in the, their belief in the one true God who gave them the Torah law. And they felt if they followed that Torah law closely enough, that they were faithful enough in their practice of the practices in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem that maybe God would send that Messiah sooner. And so they were looking for that long-awaited Messiah, Messiah who would come and set them free. And one of those faithful was Zechariah. Remember the story of Zechariah, an old temple priest. <clears throat> His wife was Elizabeth. He was part of the tribe of Levi. And, and these temple priests, they would live in their hometown and then they would take their rotation and they come and serve for a few weeks in the temple, performing the practices of that temple. And that's what Zechariah was doing. And then they had to draw lots because somebody had to go into that inner sanctum, that very sacred space. And there was always a little bit of trepidation because there were stories about people walking into that space with some known sin and actually dying. And so there was always a little concern. So they drew lots to see who got to do it, or who had to do it. And Zechariah went in and found that he did have something to fear as an angel appears, Gabriel, and tells him that he and his wife Elizabeth would bear a child even at their advanced age. And that child would be a special one. It would become John the Baptist, would be the forerunner of Jesus for Christ. And that's recorded in Luke chapter 1 where he says, when Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So when Zechariah hears this promise, he doesn't believe it because there's no way at their age they're going to be able to child. And in response, the angel Gabriel tells him that until the child is born, he will become mute and able to speak. So the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth is kind of strange. It's like, what is it doing in our Christmas stories? It just seems out of place, but I think literally if you stop and think about it, it's very much in place because Zachariah and Elizabeth represented the people of Israel. In that 400 year time period in which it seemed that God wasn't speaking. They represented that same hope in a very real and personal way. And now they had the promise that a child would come who would be the forerunner of that Messiah. 
So I think there's something for us to learn in Zachariah's story. Now Matt Raleigh suggests something that I'd never thought about before. Because I've always looked at that being mute as a curse. It's what he got for not believing and trusting. Matt Raleigh says, think about it, maybe it was a blessing instead of a curse. And that got me thinking about it. Have you ever had a time that you couldn't speak, maybe you got laryngitis so bad for a while or some other condition, and you just couldn't speak? You remember how frustrating that was? I remember one time I had Bell's palsy. Has anybody else ever had Bell's palsy? It's a crazy thing. Is there any of you experience it? Yeah. Now, some people, it's like a virus. Some people, they get it and it never goes away. I got it. Apparently, it was caused by an injury playing basketball. I got elbowed right in that spot where all those nerves come together, and it just stunned and paralyzed those nerves. And so for about two weeks, I had to talk like this all the time. I couldn't even blink my right eye. I had to literally pull my eyelid down. It was really a strange time. I remember I had to preach one sermon like that. <laughs> so it was an interesting trial for work. I know it's far enough things long before live stream, that's for sure. <laughs> and you know, I remember that time I felt so weird, so strange. I just kind of withdrew. I, I put myself out in public as little as possible, always spoke whenever I absolutely had to. But you know, it was a time of growth for me. It was a time of reflection. And Matt Rowling thinks that maybe it was so for Zechariah. To think about, he had all that time to, he could talk, he just had to reflect and meditate and think about what was coming and perhaps enjoy even more that this child was going to be a very special child. So he suggests maybe it was a blessing instead of a curse. It was a forced time of reflection. So maybe we can learn something from Zachariah's experience when it comes to complete joy. You know, one of the things we've done here in the past, Carol, you've helped put this together, we've done a blue Christmas, or a longest night service, sometimes it's called. And we did it especially for those who sometimes, especially if they've lost a loved one near Christmas or at Christmas, it's a very helpful service. If anything, Christmas sometimes for some people is a very depressing time because everybody else is supposed to be joyous and, and excited. And one woman describes her experience of a blue Christmas service. And she describes how helpful it was for the built-in time of silence and the acknowledgement that everything was not perfect in their life. She said that time of silence was the first time in recent memory that no one was asking her to be something she isn't. She said that through the parties, the preparations, the family gatherings, she felt that she needed to put on that happy face so that she wouldn't ruin everybody else's Christmas. You see, she lost a child years ago during Christmas, during that holiday season, and she felt that pain every Christmas. So in a very real sense, the silence she experienced in that darkened sanctuary gave her permission to put down the mask that she felt that she needed to wear it was a beautiful moment of honesty that she desperately needed. Silence was a gift to her, just as it might have been for Zechariah. So sometimes silence is part of what we need to find that complete joy in our life. And Jesus said, 
I came that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete, plural So think about that for a second. If we believe what Jesus says, joy is not something we manufacture, or it's not created through the creation of the perfect family gathering, or buying the perfect Christmas gift for the people that you love. According to Jesus' words, our joy comes from Jesus. It's a gift given to us. That God-given joy is what is necessary for us to have complete, fulfilled joy that resembles that fully-blown sail that drives us to our destination. So maybe the best thing you can do this Advent season is just to stop here and there. To pause. To let go of your worrying your doing, your anxiety, and the need to be in control of everything. Take some time for silence. Acknowledge that not everything is perfect in your life. Allow yourself to feel the sadness that maybe you need to feel. And let God help you identify what is truly important this Christmas season and make space for those things to happen without all the unnecessary preparations and expenditures that ultimately are just going to lead to more stress in your life. So hear Jesus' words as a promise to live into this Christmas season. I came that my joy may be in you so that your joy may be complete. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the great gift of your joy that comes. And help us to learn that it's something we have to receive, to make space for, to make room for in our lives. Help us to put aside our need to make everything just right. And let your joy be in us. This is our prayer through Christ, who is our Lord.
So we changed our theme to the family worship service to be a light show. And we will have a glow station complete for kids to come and pick whatever glow accessories they want to use in the Christmas worship. We are going to have so much fun. We're going to sing songs. We're going to hear a wonderful Christmas story. And I hope to see you all here in the Celebration Hall at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. So once again, let me reiterate, 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock here in Celebration Hall, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the sanctuary. And we need some help to pull off these Christmas Eve services. We need ushers, we need greeters, and we need some tech. So if you can sign up using the connection card, either in-person worship or go online to a website where we have the next steps that provide the link to that connection card, please fill that out and let us know that you can help us out and make this a truly special time to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let me add to that, we're going to live stream just the 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock services. Just 7 and 11. And let me also add to that, that following Christmas Eve, we're going to have a, a revised schedule for the two Sundays that follow because we expect with all the holiday celebrations there will be less attendance on Sunday morning. So the Sunday, December 26th, we'll have 9.45 here in the sanctuary, 11 o'clock in Celebration Hall. The same schedule, just two services on the Sunday after New Year's, okay? Those two Sundays after this. Uh, <clears throat> Karen Hector is in the church office, and she tells me that the gift cards, and many of them are in, so if you order those script gift cards uh, for your Christmas uh, <clears throat> celebrations and presents, uh, you can pick those up today. In addition, they sent extra cards uh, mistakenly. They doubled our order, so she has extra cards if you haven't done them before, so you can still go buy some, but go to the office after the service, and they'll be there to give you your cards or you can buy more. So if you're giving a gift card to somebody, you might as well do your youth group to help support the mission trips that will be held this spring and, and fall. Uh, tonight is the Christmas Festival of Music and Art, and our Chancel Choir and Orchestra will be presenting that concert in partnership with Janus Developmental Services. It's a fundraiser for them. We'll be taking a collection for them. And uh, also their artwork will be in the parlor and the narthex before and after the service. And they do some pretty amazing stuff. Might make some good Christmas presents for you as you support that tremendous ministry to special needs adults in our county. And I think the rest announcements you can read on your notes, so sure, be, be sure to check the, the next steps. Uh, use that as our online connection. Uh, we have the connection card that we use on Sunday morning. And also it helps you know what's the next way to get more connected and serve better in our church. And then uh, our hospitality coordinator is Pam Kepler, so be sure to touch base with her. If you have any news, she can get you the information you need to better connect with our congregation. Please fill out your connection card here if you're here with us this morning. And fill out your name, best method of contact. On the back is a place for prayer requests and also the places that you can serve, as we mentioned. We are seeking help for greeters and ushers, and for people helping the tech crew uh, on Christmas Eve. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to participate in building your kingdom here in this community. We ask that you take our gifts, multiply them, focus them, and may they be used to bring about transformation of lives and also to make our community what you intend it to be. It's our hopes and dreams to be your people.
at all times, in all places, and even as we utilize our resources through Christ, who is our Lord. Welcome to those also online joining us this morning. 
We'd like to share some concerns and some joys with all of you. We ask you please pray for healing and strength from COVID for Karen and Charlie Fuller, as well as others who battle this and other health issues. Today, we also pray for all people impacted by the tornadoes Saturday night across six states, including Kentucky, where at least 70 lives have been lost. We extend our condolences to the family and friends of Paul Woodward, who passed away December 3rd. Paul was survived by friends and family, including Audrey, his wife of 68 years. Prayers are also requested for the friends and family of Cal Van Tran, who passed away December 2nd. This was a refugee family who escaped the communist rule of Vietnam in the 1970s and was known and helped for years by many here at the church. Today we celebrate the beautiful flowers of God's creation and how fortunate we are today to receive these gifts of his magnificent glory. Please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also found. And contact your pastoral care team for any upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590.
Please join me in a call to prayer. God of joy and justice, we have come to this place from a world of demands and schedules. Heal our hearts and calm our spirits so we may find simple ways to lighten the burdens of others. Just as you have lightened ours, you have brought hope and peace to us. Now help us to use our gifts for the good of others. For it is in giving that we find great and abundant joy. We pray in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. Please join me in a moment of silent prayer, followed by a pastoral prayer. And then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Please pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and by most Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us and hearing our prayer this morning. Today, in this third week of Advent, we are learning about joy. But today, Jesus, some of us are having a difficult time feeling any joy in our hearts. We struggle with many worries, worries about health, worries about loved ones, or grieving the loss of one. We worry about how we're going to pay for the family Christmas this year. And it's so difficult to decide if we should pay for our medicine or go without food on the table for another week. Jesus, help us. Help us to worry less. Help us to trust more in you, Lord, and less on this world filled with worry. Comfort our spirit with your gentle care so we can find the love you freely share with us. Give us a glimmer of hope that warms our hearts and turns it into peace. Then perhaps we can find the joy, a genuine joy, in this Christmas season. The joy of a baby in a manger who grew up to give his everything just for us, our mighty Lord Jesus. Thank you for hearing our prayers, God, and thank you for the prayer you taught us long ago that we say it together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
that Jesus said he came that we might have his joy and go forth knowing that our joy is complete because of that. Thank you. 